Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Hello there. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for that introduction. Certainly hope and pray that all is going well with you. I again want to thank you for tuning in to our, our podcast and downloading it. For more information, again, I encourage you to go to our webpage. We've done a lot to it, trying to update it, make it look more modern. We've had lots of positive comments. Today in this podcast, we're going to open our Bible. So if you have one, I would encourage you to open it, follow along. And we're going to try to answer some questions that have come in uh, through our email. Uh, you can submit your questions through our podcast uh, webpage. Uh, there's a contact page there where you're able to do that. So if you really have a Bible question, uh, we will do our best to answer it. And please be patient with us. If you email us, please uh, make sure it stands out that doesn't look like spam. We get so much junk we have one company the other day, I deleted it immediately, want us to buy a jet airplane. Uh, I wouldn't buy a jet airplane. I, if I had that kind of money, I sure wouldn't be asking for donations. And two, I would probably give it to the poor and help the poor. So anyway, this question that we're going to answer, uh, we'll have a couple here. It comes from uh, Kansas City, Missouri. And uh, this man's name is David, and he, he says... Uh, First of all, David, I want to say thank you for your interest in the podcast. I really do. I appreciate that, and hope you continue to listen. Uh, the question is basically about dragons. Uh, Job uh, wrote in this poetic style. Uh, Job is quoting uh, the Lord. The Bible says that you're not supposed to add or take away from it. And so I believe everything should be taken literally. If Job was writing politically, was the Lord writing uh, poetically? Well... Uh, that's an interesting question, and, and again, thank you uh, for for asking it. Really, there have been many creatures on the Earth during the time uh, of the Earth's uh, lifespan. I think it's a much younger Earth than what science is trying to say, uh, because I think science is trying to figure out ways of doing away with God, but that's another time and issue. So... But again, obviously we have uh, fossils, we have the skeleton re uh, remains, and science has put these together and made these huge, big, scary-looking uh, dinosaurs. That really probably, to some people in the day and time, um, imagine that they look like a dragon, but I don't know uh, that it's really a fire-breathing dragon. Uh, coming out of some kind of thing like Harry Potter or something like that. And so, in fact, I, there's some cultures even today, you know, look at lizards as, as little dragons. And so, but the word dragon used in the Hebrew uh, language, it, it really represents a monster of some kind. So, open your Bible, please, if you would, if you're following along to Isaiah chapter 27. Isaiah chapter 27. So Isaiah 27 verse 1 says, In that day the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce and great powerful sword, the, the gliding serpent that 
cooling serpent, and he will slay the monster of the sea. Now, some versions use the word dragon here. Uh, that was from the NIV. And so, you know, this idea that the Hebrew language represents a monster of some kind. How about in looking in, in Isaiah, again, uh, chapter 51, Isaiah chapter 51, and starting there in verse 9. Verse 9 says, Awake, arm of the Lord, clothe yourselves in strength, and awaken in the days that are gone by as in the generations. Who was not you who cut Rahab into pieces or pierced that monster through? Okay, so if you look here at another version, look, let's look at uh, the New American Standard here. Now, in this version, it, it goes down here and says, I'm picking it up in the middle of the verse. Was it not you who cut Rahab into pieces, who pierced the dragon? So if you look at the different versions, that's kind of why I like to do word studies and, and whatnot. Uh, but this word can be translated out of the Hebrew, again, to represent some kind of monster. And in, in the most famous uh, book in the Bible, everybody seems to want to study. They want to skip over the gospel message and whatnot, but they go straight to Revelation. So let's go there. Revelation chapter uh, 20, and we're going to read the first three verses. It says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the keys of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid in, in hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Verse 3, He threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him, so he would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he will be released for a short time. Okay, so again, the devil is a very real spirit here. We need to understand the evil one is really, really real. And... The devil is represented as a dragon, uh, as a serpent. Uh, it's just a figurative way of explaining things. For example, I think in the Garden of Eden and the creation story, and here is Eve talking to a snake. Now, I mean, things could have been different in the garden. Maybe animals really could talk. I mean, try, some people have really tried to convince me of that. I'm not convinced of that. I think it is just simply a metaphor. What do I mean by that? Well, even today we call people snakes in the grass, you know, type of term. And so we have this figurative speech even today. That just means the guy's a liar. He, he'll take you down. He'll, he'll destroy you, whatever. But it's just kind of a, a way of saying that. And this is what I think uh, the snake in the garden is. Remember, Satan at one time... The devil, the adversary, whatever term you want to use at one time, was an angel in heaven, and he allowed pride to get in the way, and this is kind of what starts the war in heaven. And so, you and I really, again, need to really understand, this is very real. The war against good and evil is very real. This battle against Satan, sin, destruction, and life, eternal life with God very real and so if it wasn't real then why did jesus have to come here why did he have to die 
And that is not poetic. That is not uh, figurative. That, that is actual, literal statement. Jesus had to come here to die. So, again, uh, thank you for, for listening. Please continue your study in the Word of God. And if we can try to answer any other questions, uh, please feel free to drop us an email. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations are not financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we would be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website, biblicalquestion.com. Would you be in a prayful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for cheerfully helping us tell a worldwide audience about the Word of God. Okay, so our next question comes from Arizona. And this lady asks uh, the question, I've heard there is a verse in the Bible about not knowing one season. Well, thank you again for listening and your interest. I, I appreciate that. I try to make that comment every time we answer a question, but I really do appreciate the listeners. Uh, without it, there would we wouldn't be doing it. So uh, I, I do appreciate it. The question is, uh, again, I heard uh, there is a verse in the Bible about not knowing one season. Well, I really do not know of any passage in the Bible that says anything about not knowing one season. Uh, and so I don't know if I misunderstood your question or if it's really what you meant. So please forgive me. But I'm going to do my best to answer it based off what I understood here. Solomon wrote about everything has a season. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting with verse 1, says, there is an appointed time for everything, and there's a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. And he keeps going with this. Um, all the way down through verse 8 and 9 here says a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. Verse 9, what profit is there for the worker from that which comes which he toils? So uh, Solomon, really the wisest man of the Bible, makes it, I think, pretty clear there's a time for just about everything or a season for just about everything. Generally, I think when we think of seasons, we think of uh, summer, winter, fall, that kind of thing. But Solomon says these different events that go on uh, with life could be a season that you're in, struggling with uh, whatever in your life. So, And in Matthew chapter 24, here is Jesus talking as well. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 and this comes when the disciples inquire from Jesus, ask him about the kingdom. When's it going to be restored? Uh, and here's Jesus answered. Uh, but on that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. Okay, so uh, no one really knows when the end of the world will be. It's not for 
you and me to know the times or the seasons of that, God has his own plan. Acts chapter uh, 1, Acts chapter 1, here's another one here, verse uh, 7, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, verse 7, kind of lost my thought. Says he said to them, "It's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed his own by his own authority." So again, the apostles are asking this kind of question. They ask it before the death and burial, and now they're asking this right before Jesus ascends back into heaven. They want to know when this time, when this season will be, that the kingdom of God will be on the earth, and so. I hope that this kind of gives you uh, an answer to your question. There is a season that we are not to know. We don't know because God has not revealed that to us. One thing that we need to know and understand is we may not know the day or the time, but we all will meet Jesus. At some point, everybody on this planet who lived will meet Jesus, whether it's through a natural death of some type or he returns by the end of this podcast doesn't matter we will meet him nobody knows that day or time except god himself so i i hope uh that this answers your question um i think a lot of people this time of year would love to be in arizona where it's a little warmer at least down in the valley um up on the rim there it's it's quite cold and snow there people don't realize that let's say actually been there when we lived there the grand canyon got snow every year so anyway it's um i'm glad that you listened to it that you found us i appreciate the positive comment that you made in the email uh, please tell others about us uh, please share us and, and follow us on facebook and twitter wherever you are that's really a great reward for us again thank you uh please continue to listen i certainly hope that you will Okay, so on to our next question. Uh, all it says is Tom. It doesn't give his place a location, and that's fine. We, we try to respect that. We certainly like to know where you're from. Uh, it's amazing where this podcast is downloaded from around the world, and uh, we really certainly appreciate that. So the next question is, would you please explain Job 38, verse 7? And so... Let's read that real quick. If you have a Bible, open her up and follow along. Uh, it's a really short verse. It says, When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for joy. Well, in the context of chapter 38, Job has been complaining about his suffering. I mean, he's gone through uh, what most of us would, I don't know how he did it. It was pretty painful. Uh, and he wants God to explain to him why God has allowed this to happen. And God's reply is that Job should just simply trust God that created the heavens and the earth will always do the right thing. So notice the first seven verses of chapter 38. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have an understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? Verse 6. On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? Okay, so again here, 
Here's God saying, I've got it under control. I understand all these things. And so when the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted joy. The scriptures often call upon the things that are, are created to give glory and praise to the one who created them. Of course, that would be God. And so here's an example in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 65, Psalms chapter 65, and verse 12. The pastures of the wilderness drip, the hills gird themselves with rejoicing. Okay, so here's this idea that the hills are giving praise to God. Again, we're still in the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 131 for example, is a a very short uh, psalm. It says, O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, haughty, excuse me, nor do I involve myself in great matters or the things too difficult for me. Surely I have composed and quieted my soul like a winged child rest against its mother. My soul is like a winged child within me, O Israel, in the hope for this time forward. And so again here's this idea of being praised, being like a child. Uh, verse one chapter one forty eight of Psalms, Psalm one forty eight, maybe a little more clear here. Psalm one forty eight verse two and three. Let's read those. Uh, this is from the New American Standard. Praise him all his angels, praise him all his host, praise him, son and moon. Praise him, all the stars of light. Praise him, highest heavens, and the waters are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded all that were created. So again, this idea here, on down in verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth, sea monsters and all the deeps, fire and hell, snow and clouds, stormy winds fulfill his words. And so this idea of creation crying out to God in praise, and that's exactly, we're his creation. We too are also created to praise and sing to God. Uh, But Job wasn't really, Job, excuse me, wasn't really doing this. Uh, At the moment, he's in a lot of pain. He's really suffering. And so God kind of calls him out on it and says, hey, uh, who are you? And it, we need to really remember that in our own lives. Who am I? Who am I that, to, to question God in his ways? He is the Almighty One. We, this idea that Jeremiah has, he's a potter and we're the clay. We can, uh, he can destroy the clay. The potter has that right. Anytime that's on the wheel, he doesn't like how things are coming out. So, uh, there are some things that are just really difficult for us to get and understand. Uh, Job is a very interesting study. And uh, Job uh, does very well through most of the book, through his suffering. He doesn't sin. Uh, he doesn't curse God. His wife tells him to or asks him to. Uh, his friends accuse him of some high treasonous sin. That's why God is punishing him. And Job insists, I have not sinned. I haven't done anything. Uh and so I think most of us would question and have questioned God in our lives. And, and that's very dangerous territory to go. 
I know it's natural to want to do that, and I've been guilty of doing that myself. And we need to allow God to do his thing. And it's not easy. It really is not easy at times. And so it wasn't easy for God, I think, as he watched his son die on a cross and suffer. But he watched it, and he allowed it to happen. So I, I want to thank you for your question. Certainly hope that this helps you in your Bible study. Uh, don't always have the perfect answer probably for every question, but we do our best to show you in the Bible uh, the questions and answers that we come up with. So please, thank you again for your uh, question. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. Okay, so our last question that we're going to answer today is, uh, there's no name or anything, So, but I still appreciate the question. It says, uh, does the book of Revelation mention lions and bears being in heaven? Is there a heaven for dogs? Well, this is a very common question. A lot of people think all dogs go to heaven. There's a movie like that title. Uh, because, honestly, I mean, we have a dog that we rescued and this dog is the most loving thing on the planet, I think. He's always happy to see him and rewards. And, and you know, if we were as that happy to see each other, I think <laughs> what a better world it would really be. But the book of Revelation contains a series of visions which were, were seen and experienced by the Apostle John. The scenes really are filled with symbolic language and not always to be taken literally. It uh, they were there were heavenly visions, yes, but not necessarily scenes of what heaven is like. Heaven is a living place of angels, uh, and one day we, all of us the, who are saved uh, and washed in the blood will be there uh, with the angels. Uh, and it says here, really in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you have to read the whole chapter, it's kind of lengthy, so I'm not going to do that over the air, but I would encourage you to read that. Flesh and blood will not inherit heaven. Um, and so that means that there will be no animals there. And the use of animals such as wild beasts and domestic animals and visions and prophecies uh, really are for the purpose of contrasting uh, violence and peace or with peace. Uh, the nature of the kingdom of God, the, the church, is that a peaceful, spiritual kingdom. And so read with me here, Isaiah chapter 2. Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. This is the idea here I'm trying to get across here uh, to, to see what I'm trying to explain. The word which Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Verse 2. Now it will come about that on the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of mountains, and it will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream with it, or stream to it, excuse me. And many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob, 
that he may teach us concerning his ways, and that he will walk in his paths. For the law will go forth from Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Verse 4. And he will judge between the nations, and will render decisions for many people. And they will hammer their swords and their plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not lift up a sword against a nation and never again learn war. Isaiah uh, chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11 uh, also goes into this. It's so follow along with me there. Verse 6. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little boy will lead them. As the cow and the bear were grazed, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. And so this idea of peace, there's, there's no violence uh, going on. Again, you can read this in Isaiah 65 in the last part of the chapter. Chapter. This is just examples of the peaceful spiritual kingdom of God. There's just simply not going to be any more war. There won't be any more sin and and struggles. And so heaven, God died for people that are made in his image. He did not die for brick and mortar. He didn't die for a certain denomination. He died for all people no matter what race you are, uh, what sex you are, he loved you. He came to this earth to die for you. So that at some point in time in the future, we all could be together in heaven in this peaceful uh, kingdom that we all really strive for. I know I was visiting with a, a fellow the other day. He, he really believes in, in reincarnation. And I said, why would you want to come back? To this place i mean i i want to go where the lord is at i want to be with him in this peaceful uh environment beautiful environment without any issues and problems so um i i certainly hope that this answers your question i do thank everybody for who submits the questions over the last three years uh we do not get a ton of them that was really the purpose of the podcast honestly to begin was to get questions and answers and I know there's a lot of options for that out there. and uh, But I'm glad that you've chosen us. I certainly hope and pray that you'll continue to listen to our, our podcast, the sermons that we do, the questions that we do get and answer. Uh, we're preparing uh, to work on a series of how to correctly interpret the Bible with the Bible, using the Bible, and not using all these self-help books and things that you buy off of television or whatever. We really, truly believe in using the Bible. Now, there's nothing wrong with using a Greek dictionary to learn what those Greek words mean. Uh, I love word studies. But I don't need uh, somebody else telling me how to interpret something when I've got God, uh, His Word, the language interpretations of the day. I can figure that out on my own, and I can pray about it, and God will really guide me. And I believe that's true for anybody who's spiritually, truly seeking God to know the answers of the Bible. And that's really what led me on the journey to where I'm at today to help you and share with you is a constant desire to learn who God is. What does this mean? How does this apply to me today? 
And I get lots of good comments about that. People seem to really enjoy the fact that I'm making uh, this podcast help them for today. One last question that we get in occasionally. I usually just answer it on an email. Um, a little bit of background noise that you hear is our dog. Sometimes she really insists that she has to be a lap dog. She's a 98-pound lab and trying to keep her off my lap and and kind of just relaxed by my feet here. For the most part, she does good. Occasionally, she gets up and moves around and likes to scratch her lick, and that's what you're hearing. And so um, I do have a live audience, if you want to say that. But again, back to seriousness. Thank you for listening. If you do have a question, please submit it. Uh, please check out our webpage and follow us on social media. I know you hear that every week. But I really want to do, you to do that. It, it's really encouraging to us. And you can help us in any way, including prayer. Uh, that would be wonderful, too. We certainly need all of that. Again, thank you for listening. And may God always have the glory of this work and effort for His kingdom. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.